Well, let's turn to First Peter. And uh, if you can, why don't we stand while we read this section of Scripture? First Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. You can be seated. The part of verse 5 that I want to zero in on is this phrase, all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. So our subject this morning is being clothed with humility, being clothed with humility. When we get up in the morning, each of us make a decision about what we're going to wear that day. Depending on what we're going to do that day, we pick out the appropriate clothing. But for each of us, there's something we should always put on as we start out the day. That is, we should put on humility. I want to just kind of use that illustration, the idea of going to the closet in the morning and picking out what you're going to wear as kind of a way of thinking about this subject. This word clothed, being clothed with humility, comes from a Greek word which means to tie on. And I think that's very interesting. And maybe help us think about this a little bit. <clears throat> One thing that we tie on as a article of clothing, at least sometimes, is an apron. So I've got an example here. Maybe this, maybe this will help you remember. You put an apron on, and one of the things that you do, which I'm not going to try to do because it's not that easy, is you tie it on. And that's what I think, at least some of the commentators think that Peter was specifically thinking of a certain type of garment or apron that slaves would put on to serve. So this is a very uh, apt illustration, an apron that you put on to serve. I think it's also quite possible that Peter was thinking of one of the most amazing examples of humility in the life of Christ, and that is the time at the Last Supper, when Christ took a towel and girded himself, I think he tied it around himself, he girded himself and washed the disciples' feet. I think this could very well be in Peter's mind. This, Peter was right in on that and carried on a little conversation with Christ about it. So that position, that action, was normally the action of a slave to wash another person's feet. 
Let's just look at that real quick. John chapter 13. I know this is one section that is presented often, but I don't think we can look at it often enough or look at it too often. John 13, 3 through 5. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself about. So there you have that idea of putting this towel about him. It's like an apron. And when he had poured water into the basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel with which he was girded. And he has a little conversation with Peter. So this, I I really think this is something that was in Peter's mind here as he wrote this. And then if you skip down to verse 12. And so when he had washed their feet and taken his garments and reclined at the table again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example that you should do as I did to you. We know from a parallel account, the account in Luke of the Last Supper, that the disciples were actually arguing with one another about which one of them was the was to be regarded as the greatest right at this time. Incredible, but that's what they were doing. So it was probably in that context that Jesus demonstrated that the way of greatness has to do with putting on humility and being willing to serve in what is considered to be a low position. Jesus girded himself with humility And that's what we should do. He said, I gave you an example that you also should do as I did to you. In reality, it wasn't just this example that he gave, because all of Christ's life on earth was an example of putting on humility. It was an example of putting others first. His incarnation his life, his teaching, his death on the cross, all testify of his humility. And we, as his followers, are to live that way, live that type of lifestyle. Paul says it this way in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Let each one of you regard one another as more important than himself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. It goes on to talk about being a bond slave, Christ being a bond slave. He became a bond servant. And he said at another occasion, I am among you as one who serves. <clears throat> I mean, we... It would be impossible to read the Gospels and miss this teaching. But our problem is we've heard it a lot, and we don't let it really sink in daily. This is what life is all about. This is what the Christian life is all about. 
Here was the perfect man, Christ, demonstrating what God intended humanity to be like, living in dependence, in humble dependence upon God, and serving others. With Adam and Eve, satanic pride entered into the human race and infected us all. But the last Adam, Christ Jesus, took the position of a lowly servant, lowly servanthood, in order to deliver us from sin, especially sinful pride. And now, by the grace of God, we can be like him. He said, I'm gentle and humble of heart. We can be like that. And God desires us to be that way. He desires us to be clothed with humility. If you are a Christian, you've been clothed with Christ at conversion. We're told that in Galatians chapter 3.27. In other words, that begins this work of being clothed with humility. We're clothed with Christ. But what we're talking about here today is the continual process of being made more like Christ, conformed to his image, daily learning what it means to walk like him and to talk like him, having this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We must all daily seek to have a mutual attitude of humility towards one another, serving one another. So, again, to use my illustration, when we get up in the morning, we should put on humility of mind and heart through prayer and conscious effort, we should seek to bind humility firmly upon us and wear it throughout the day. So this is what we want to just examine here a little bit, and may God help us to see what this means and how it should apply in our lives. The clothing of which Peter was speaking was not merely a, uh, a jacket or a hat or something like that or a tie. It was to provide total protection, more like coveralls or overalls. Uh, So we shouldn't think of just some dainty apron. I actually brought one of those to just... So there's there's a dainty one. I won't put this one on. <laughs> it wasn't like that. In fact, the apron that I like to think about <clears throat> is I've seen pictures of the blacksmith back in pioneer days. And they, when they're there at the an- uh, anvil and forge and pounding on a horseshoe or whatever, uh, <clears throat> they have an apron, but it's made of leather because there's going to be lots of sparks flying. And if you live the way we're talking about here, there's going to be some sparks flying because you're going to be living like Christ. So that's the kind of apron I think we should think about. Something that protects. It's because we're continually vulnerable to all forms of pride. There's intellectual pride. There's physical pride. There's spiritual pride. The boastful pride of life. 
pride in the area of how you look, the gifts that you have, your accomplishments, your pedigree of pride, it can come in at so many angles. <clears throat> but true Christ-like humility is the only garment that can protect us from the many poison arrows or sparks of pride. We'll never have this attitude of humble service and submission until we first submit to God. And that's why Peter goes on in this section that we're looking about. Humble yourselves, looking at, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. He quotes Proverbs first. He said, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. James quotes that same Proverbs that's uh, in James chapter 4, let me just turn back here real quick in verse 6 and 7. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud but gives grace to the humble. There's that same verse. But right after that, submit therefore to God. Resist the devil and he fl he'll flee from you. The point is that that's where the submission and service starts. It starts with submission to God. It takes the grace. It takes grace to submit and to serve others, but God can give that grace if we admit our need of him and our need of help and uh, submit to him. So, submission and service are real tests of humility. You want to know what humility looks like? Submission and service. That's what it looks like. And humility is the preparation for all service in God's kingdom. Here's a quote by a man named Alexander McLaren. He said, If a man does not feel himself to be needy and low, he will never be able and he will never be willing to help those who are. If you're not needy and low, you're not going to be able to help the, the needy and low person. You must go down if you would lift up. You must go down. Take that humble position if you would lift up. It's true that pride can make a show of submission and even serve in a way that's actually self-serving. Things can be done to be noticed by man instead of for the glory of God. But putting on true humility is not a put-on. It's something that comes from the heart, humility of mind, humility of heart. True humility will serve without recognition as long as God is glorified. <clears throat> so, what I'd like to do with the remainder of our time is to consider some of these various aspects of what it means to put on humility. Or you could put it this way, again using my initial illustration, when you open up the wardrobe of the spiritual life each morning and as your eyes look across the garments hanging there, we should seek to recognize and select the following ten aspects of the clothing of humility. Okay? Following ten aspects. I'm going <clears> to <throat> uh, just name them, first of all, ten categories and then fill in some details. I might say that if you'd like to expand on this a little bit, some of these thoughts were from a man named Peter Masters who had an article on the, on the Internet 
entitled The Clothing of Humility. So I've kind of adapted some of this from that. So let me just give you the list here, first of all. And some of these we've already talked about a little. First of all, think of others. Start out today. Think of others. What can I do for somebody else today? Have a servant spirit. Acknowledge your weaknesses. Do not seek recognition. Be pleasant. Be approachable. Be a good listener. Be an uncomplaining person. Be a thankful person. And seek to know more of God and His Word. So those are ten areas, and I just want to fill in those different categories a little bit. And uh, there's a lot of overlap in these categories, these various articles of being clothed with humility. So first of all, think more of others. We've already mentioned the verse there in Philippians. We need to think less of ourselves and more of others. How do you become clothed with humility? Take an interest in other people. There's a good start. That seems pretty simple. Take an interest in other people. You won't do it if you're all wrapped up in yourself. Humble people consider how to build others up. Proud people are self-righteous and look down on others. When we find ourselves thinking too much about ourselves and our concerns, whether we're fishing for compliments, hunting for self advantage, you know, what's in it for me, or feeling sorry for ourselves, we should pray to God for deliverance from those kind of attitudes. It's not right. Ask for help to turn off that whole way of thinking and turn our minds to the affairs of others and praying for them. Start the day by asking God to make you other-centered and not self-centered. Thinking more of others. The next one, have a servant attitude. You know, that's one, I forgot to mention this. That's one, one reason I like this apron here. Because right at the top, you probably can't see it in the back, but it says server. That's what it says right on there. So just get up in the morning and say, I'm here as a server. Put on that apron. Put on that article of clothing. The model of the Christian life in the New Testament is that of being a bond slave. Always look out, looking out for the wishes of the master. And this should be our attitude. Proud people won't do that. They desire to be served. A proud person wants to be served. They want others to submit to them. A humble person seeks to serve others and is willing to submit to others. If you just remember this, you've been saved to serve. You've been saved to serve. Humility is servanthood. That's a big aspect of what humility is all about, servanthood. Putting on the clothing of humility means that we remind ourselves of this continuously especially as we start today. So, 
have a servant spirit. The next, acknowledge our weaknesses. A humble person is willing to see their own weaknesses. They have a true estimate of themselves as being finite, fallen, and needy. We're all that way. We're all needy. It's just that some of us won't admit it. Humility really desires continual improvement and values constructive criticism. In other words, humility is teachable. It's not being so sure that we know everything already. Proud people always have to prove they are right. A humble person is willing to yield the right to be right. Sometimes it's right to yield the right to be right. A proud person is always defensive when criticized. A humble person will receive criticism and consider what might be right about what another person is trying to tell you. Being easily offended and defensive are symptoms of pride, whereas the clothing of humility has a longing to improve. Don't just put the defenses off the minute somebody starts saying something that you, you need to hear or may need to hear. Proud people don't think they need to repent, but they do think other people should. And they're prone to keep detailed mental histories of when they think they've been wronged. I heard somebody say this this morning, and I thought it fit in well. He said, life is not about keeping score. And let God do that. Like love, humility does not take into account a wrong suffered. Isn't that an amazing phrase? Does not take into account a wrong suffered. A humble person continuously senses their need for fresh encounters with God and for fresh fillings of the Holy Spirit. They recognize the weak, acknowledge your weaknesses daily. A proud person, because they won't do that, they're blind to their real need. Pride blinds us. A humble person realizes they may be blind in some areas and asks God to search their heart. They want to know if there be some wicked way in me. A humble person is willing to ask for prayer in areas of weakness and temptation, knowing they're totally dependent upon God for any change. If there's going to be any motions in the right direction in this, it's going to to be God that does it. So a humble person is willing to ask for prayer in areas of weakness and temptation. Again, it's only with God's help that we can improve in this area of humility. But here's the amazing thing, and uh, Peter brings this out. God is so gracious that he rewards us for the humility that he gives us. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. How do you get that humility? God gave it to you in the first place. <laughs> Incredible. He's so gracious. Any growth in humility 
attracts still more grace. So, acknowledge our weaknesses. The next one, do not seek recognition. Humility is willing to go unrecognized and unthanked and unpraised for what it does, even if that seems unfair at some times. Um, because it didn't do that service to be seen in the first place. It did it because it was something God wanted done and could bring glory to God. Whether it brings glory to you or not is irrelevant. <clears throat> Proud people are jealous when others are promoted. Humble people are glad to see others promoted or to, glad to promote others. Proud people are very concerned about how their outward image uh, appears to others. And that's just hypocrisy. Generally speaking, that's what it breeds is hypocrisy. They may deal with the outward conduct, things that other people would look at and see as sin, but they don't deal with secret sins because they think that nobody sees that. Well, God sees that. In one way or another, very often it's subtly, a proud person advertises themselves, and they'll use serving others as a means of doing that. These things are subtle, you see. They're desperate for attention. Their conversations center on themselves. I'm talking about not seeking recognition here. Their conversations center on themselves. Humble people are concerned about how God views them and what uh, they really desire is the glory of God and the good of others with little concern for the accolades that might come from other people. So, do not seek recognition. The next one is be pleasant. Now this, you would hardly think this needs to be mentioned. But I think it does. Humility is never rough or abrasive or unkind toward other people, nor does it have a critical, harsh spirit. It is pride that returns evil for evil. It is pride that criticizes and finds fault in everything that other people do and not any problem with itself. Proud people are quick to blame others. A humble person accepts personal responsibility for doing wrong and will seek forgiveness when necessary. They will take the initiative to be re reconciled when there is a conflict. In other words, they're peacemakers. And that's part of being a pleasant person, just seeking to be a peacemaker. To be clothed with humility is to desire to maintain a courteous reaction towards others, remembering that in every situation we're Christ's representative. Christ wants pleasant representatives, not harsh, abrasive, unkind representatives. Great care is needed to avoid the habit of criticizing others. A negative mindset towards others is by its nature superior in its attitude, arrogant in its attitude, and it's self-blinding. It'll blind you 
from what you're really doing. We must tear away from ourselves any fault-finding tendencies, even when it appears in a subtle form, such as a sense of humor centered on ridiculing others, making jokes about others. Proud people look at everyone else's faults and failures. Humble people see mainly their own spiritual need and are willing to forgive because they know how much they've been forgiven. That's, you know, it's a pleasant thing to be around a person that's a forgiving person. To put on the clothing of humility means to adopt a a positive, kindly, supportive, encouraging spirit whenever possible, never taking a judgmental, superior attitude towards others. Simply having a pleasant attitude is is to be clothed in very becoming attire. Just that one simple thing. Just have a pleasant attitude as you go through the day. That's a pleasant attire to be wearing. You should put it on each morning. A pleasant attitude. Well, I got up on the wrong side of the bed. Get back in bed and get up the other side. (laughs) So, be pleasant. Be approachable. Be approachable. These, are, like I say, these overlap a lot. Humility is never aloof, but approachable by others. The garment of humility is always peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated. That's in James chapter 3. There is a modesty about a humble person that makes them very accessible and willing to work with others of maybe very different uh, levels of lifestyle. If you come to a person who is clothed with humility, you know you'll be treated with respect. That makes you you're approachable. You know you'll be treated with respect. Think of how approachable Jesus was to all, to all kinds of people. People who needed help. They... They, could, they knew they could come to him. Pride, on the other hand, will talk down to others. It may seem disinterested and disrespectful or even irritated to have you around. And, of course, that turns people away. That makes a person not approachable. The person who's clothed with humility is approachable. So, the next one, be a good listener, be a good listener. Humility is more than just being approachable, it's being one who listens to others. I mean, that's part of it. Patient with others, listening to their point of view, their ideas, their hopes, their pains, their their sorrows. Humility is sympathetic ready to hear out a person's case before making a response. Pride is hasty, always thinking it knows better or has something better to do. Humility shows concern for others, especially other believers. So again, the idea of putting on humility in the morning means to adapt and adopt a listening, caring attitude.
as we go through the day. And then, this would be number eight, be an uncomplaining person. Humility does not complain about its present lot in life, which is really what is your present lot in life. It's God's providence. You don't complain about God's providential dealings in your life. But it seeks to, humility seeks to obey the command, be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Proud people are not content people because they always think they deserve better. You can't be content that way. Humble person knows that God is actually treating them far better than they deserve. The clothing of humility is put on when we suppress murmurings and complaints about how our life is going and just thank God for his goodness. Which brings me to the next one. Humility is being thankful to God. It's being a thankful person. Dependence upon God and gratitude to, uh, toward him are vital parts of putting on humility. Proud people think they deserve better than what they have. Humble people are thankful for what God provides and acknowledges, acknowledge his mercy and grace. They're thankful. They're not just thankful to God. They thank others for the kindness and help that's shown them. You know, a word of appreciation can mean a lot to another person. So be a thankful person, thankful to God and thankful to others. Put that garment of praise on every morning constant sense of gratitude and privilege that we can serve the Lord and others for another day. Just get up in the morning and thank God that you're given another day to serve Him and serve other people. Good way to start the day. And then lastly, seek to know more of God and His Word. Humility always wants more knowledge of God's Word. It takes a very realistic view of how little it already knows of the deep things of God and seeks for greater understanding and appreciation of God's being and his ways. You just want to know more, know more of how he deals with people, of what's in store for us as his people, of his promises, of how life is to be conducted, of how problems are to be solved, from the right use of his word. You want to know more of that. The humble person wants to know they don't have the answer to everything. They need to know more from God. <clears throat> Proud people feel confident in how much they know, but humble people are always seeking to know more of God's word. Most of all, genuine, genuine humility wants to know more of Christ. The way to be clothed in more humility is to put on more of Christ. And we all can always do that. This uh, man I mentioned earlier that has this article on uh, clothed with humility, 
Peter Master says, to admire Christ above all else and to emulate him is to put on the clothing of humility. So we should desire to put on humility each day by digging into God's word and looking for fresh views of the greatness and the glory and the goodness of Christ. Just start out the day saying, today I want to be more like Christ. That's putting on the garment of humility. So I want to leave you with this thought from A.W. Tozer. Tozer said this, I think it is most important for believers to acknowledge the fact that because Christ Jesus came to the world clothed in humility, he will always be found among those who are clothed with humility. He will be found among the humble people. If you want to be where Christ is present, seek to be clothed with humility yourself and seek to be with others who are clothed with humility. I think this really is what Isaiah was saying back in Isaiah 57. Let me just read it to you here. For thus says the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Put it simply, the holy one is with the humble ones. That's where God is. The Holy One is with the Humble One. So, may God help us as we start out each day to just seek to be clothed with humility in these areas we've looked at. If we pray about that and make a conscious effort God will help us. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you at the proper time. All right.